Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to GLE. I have an interesting episode for you today, and I want to share with you the things I wish I knew. I listen to a, a guy named Brad Lee. He's writing a book right now called The Hard Way, and it's all the things he learned the hard way. And these are kind of some random ones, but wanted to share these with you because these are some things that I think of that I know or am beginning to understand now, and I wish I would have known them 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so hoping I can share these with you. Maybe you haven't heard of them. Maybe you can share these with your children teach them. These are things you're not going to learn in school. They're things that are super valuable to know, super important as you're navigating in our world. And so I just want to share them with you today. So number one is something that took me until 2020 to learn, but it's just start. You just need to start. If you have an idea, you know, you think through the risk and just start it. It's not, you're never going to feel ready. You're not going to know all the way. Yeah. There's some work you can do to make sure you're doing things. Okay. But there's nothing wrong with just starting. If you, if you're passionate about something, the earlier you start, the better, the one piece of advice I hear from so many successful people is I wish I started sooner. I wish I started sooner. I wish I would have just started sooner. I wish I would have known this stuff and started sooner. So the sooner you can start, the better. So if anything, just start. From a marketing perspective, this is something that I was very anti. I didn't see, I had no vision for marketing or social media or the power of it and how you can use it to create reputation and brand. And honestly, I was completely off social media until I got around the 365 Driven Society and some of my mentors and um marketing branding it's all reputation it's how it's how you put your reputation out into the world and you can either let people around you just pick what they want to think of you or you can help build how you want to be thought of and you do that through your words and you do that through your actions and you do that through how you communicate your message out into the world so that is super important. That is so huge. I'm on social media now. I really, I use it for getting information from what's going on in, in the social sphere, just like in the old school days when you'd hear news from your friends. So I, I use it for that. And I primarily use it to communicate outward and bring value to people and build my reputation by sharing things that are going to be valuable, things that I'm thinking about, things that I care about, so people can hear what I'm thinking. So marketing, br- branding, super 
powerful. It's all reputation and your reputation is everything. So don't take that for granted. Networking and relationships are so huge. And, and this goes right in line with your reputation. People say it's all about who you know. I say it's all about who knows you and what they think of you. And knowing more people is so valuable. I've learned it even more so through the GLE podcast and interviewing all these great people. And now the network's growing and, you know, you're just able to, people come to you and they have a question or they have a problem and you know, someone who can solve their problem, you know, someone who can give them advice and, and add value to them. And, and once you know all these different people, you start to build friendships with these people. You feed them business. They feed you business. You help each other. You strengthen each other. You find people that have common values with you that you might want to share life with. That is super amazing. And part of it is just getting out of your own world. And this is something I really struggled with. I mean, when I got to corporate world, you know, networking and going to networking events, it's real easy to go and put your head down and really not be social. And I was always one that challenged myself to, Hey, you know, I need to go talk to people. I need to go shake hands. I need to meet people. And it was uncomfortable for me. That was, that was unusual for me. But now I've realized that was something I was just turning on when I was working. And it's not something I did like at my church even, which is sad, which those are the people that I have probably the most in common with, right. From a, from a critical, important spiritual perspective, and also just in my daily life, going around to the store. But there's people everywhere. And what you should do is talk to people. You need to talk to everyone. Be friendly, playful, kind, curious about everybody around you. And yeah, you don't you know, spend a ton of time necessarily out talking to people. But everywhere you go, as you live your life, just be friendly, be playful, be curious what other people are doing. And you're going to meet some amazing people. And they're people that you probably have walked by a hundred times or people you never would have met. Just if, if you let your association be accidental, and, and again, that is kind of accidental association, but if you let your association just be whatever comes to you as, you know, you're going about your daily life and, you know, you're not talking to people, but people are talking to you. People are coming to you. People are you know, you, you're going to your job and there's people and you're going to your church and there's those people. And that's like all the people you ever talk to, your world is very narrow, very small. So that's something I'm, I'm learning is how to just talk to everyone all the time and meet people, get to know people, be curious what they do, see how you can bring them value. And then you'll find out also that they might have something to offer you, which is pretty amazing. Credit. This is one that everyone knows already, I would hope. But man, you got to be disciplined with your spending. If you use a credit card like cash and don't go into credit card debt, which is, I mean, as long if you, you can be done the right way, if you just leverage it for a very short time, but man, high interest rate credit cards can get you in trouble, right? And everyone's like, at least I was growing up, I was like, no, I'm just going to pay cash for everything. Well, our society is a debt-based society. It's based on debt. All the wealthy people out there, the really wealthy people leverage debt and that's how they got so wealthy. So 
you know, smart leverage debt and credit is a very powerful thing. Now, you got to be careful how you use it. You got to make sure you're using it for the right reasons. And would it be better, in my opinion, to not have to use it? Sure. But it's something that can come in very handy. And the earlier you start, this goes back to just starting, you know, start early, learn the habits of paying those things off, using them, building that credit. Cause I remember when I got out of school and I was in my job, I was living on my own. I'd have my dad co-sign for my cable to hook up my AT&T cable or whatever it is. U-verse. Because I didn't have any credit. It was ridiculous. But I'd always paid cash for everything. I'd never been in debt. I was probably the most credit-worthy sort of person from my perspective, but not from the bank's perspective because I don't have any history. They, they, ha- they have no record to prove that I am credit-worthy. So having that record's huge. You never know when you're going to need it. If you don't need it, cool. You know, Good for you. I, I would highly recommend just making a ton of money and never having to need credit. That would be great. But even if you make a ton of money, there's great ways to leverage debt and use credit to make even more money, right? So huge thing, credit. Don't be scared of it. Understand it. If you got questions, we can talk. Credit's a powerful, powerful thing. Business entities and the power of just owning your own business. There's a lot you can do from a tax perspective and... Um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of good things about owning a business and, um, you know, there's LLCs, there's S corps or C corps, there's all sorts of different types of structures for a business. But if you never look into that, it's definitely valuable. If you ever thought about owning a business, it's not a huge deal. Again, this is a just start thing. If you want to know what it's like to own a business, just pay a couple hundred bucks and go start an LLC, YouTube, how to do it and be a business owner. Go and you know, you might not even have a, a super solid business idea yet. That's okay. Having an LLC is a, is a good thing to have for a lot of reasons. Um, whole life. This is something, if you listen to the old uh, Dave Ramsey crew, he's going to tell you, get out of debt. Don't, don't buy whole life right? To me, that is one strategy for one type of individual who is looking to use whole life as insurance. And yeah, technically it is insurance, right? And again, I'm not a financial guy, so don't, don't quote me on all this stuff and go check with your financial advisor or whatever. But, and we'll talk about advisors and building a team in a second, but whole life, there's a book by Nelson, Nelson Nash called Becoming Your Own Banker. Whole life to me is the only true savings vehicle out there right now. Like when when I hear p- people saying like, oh, I'm saving money, it makes me cringe because I know they're probably just putting money in like a savings account. But to me, when when I hear, oh, I'm saving money, to me, I think that money's in whole life, dividend paying, cash value, whole life insurance that is compounding at like a guaranteed four to 5% interest. Like that, that's a great savings account, right? And you can still access 
and leverage that savings account. That's what many don't realize is you can take an unstructured loan, collateralized loan against the cash value in your life insurance policy at any time, just like that. So if I'm going to go buy a rental property and I got 50 grand sitting in my, in my savings account, my whole life policy, and I need a down payment, I can go get that. Cool. And then I pay it back unstructured. And again, you got to structure the policy, right? You got to know people that know how to do this. I actually know people that, that do this and, and do a very good job of it. And it's one of the many strategies that, that we use, but that book, Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker, it's been around a long time. Not many people understand this concept, but you basically have your money compounding all the time. So when you're saving, it's not sitting there in a savings account where you're making nothing. Your money's always growing and you can leverage it over here to do another business deal that makes you money. But this money's always growing. It's always growing. That's the power of compounding. Now, if I take a loan out against my 401k, that money comes out of my 401k and no longer is growing until I pay it back, right? That's not how this works. This lets you leave your money here. You take a loan, but it's simple interest and it's a collateralized loan. So they know they can, they have the money in your cash value. So they'll give you the loan because they know they'll take it out of your cash value if you don't pay it back. But this is compound interest. This is simple interest loan. So you're still making money. You, you basically never pay interest again. Pretty powerful tool. Um, so that's that's one whole life insurance. Again, the Dave Ramseys, they're going to say, don't buy whole life because it's just high, really high cost insurance. Well, yeah, if you're using it as insurance, and, and savings, I guess, in a way is insurance, but if you're using a whole life policy as insurance and all you want is insurance, then you should have term. You should get a term policy if all you really want is insurance. But if you want to create a savings account, that's the best savings account I've seen out there and also has some insurance benefits, but primarily I wouldn't use it for that, but you got to make sure it's structured, right? Key. It has to be structured, right? So very complicated topic. Something I didn't understand. If you never looked into it, check out that book, Nelson Nash, become your own banker. Really interesting stuff. Real estate. Another great way to make money and avoid some tax burden, right? <laughs> you know, and everybody says that and it it's basically as simple as the power of depreciation and being able to, even though technically you might've made money, you didn't make money because if you depreciate that asset, you can actually take a loss potentially. And again, I'm not a CPA. I don't know all this stuff super good super well. So check with your financial advisor, check with your, your CPA. But the power of it is, is basically on paper, technically. And again, this is legal. This isn't like breaking the rules. There's ways to take a loss and actually have a loss when you may not have in theory had a loss unless you took into account all those things that you legally can take into account. But most people don't know that you can legally take those into account. So real estate, super powerful thing, right? And everyone I know that's holding real estate right now and just held it, you just bought it, say you bought it 50 years ago and you just hung on to it, right? You just held it. You just kept it for 30 years. 
how much is it worth now? Like 10 or 20 times what it was worth before. So that's another strategy too that my wife and I employ. We just, if we want to move to a new house, we wait until we can keep both houses and we rent the previous home. So we still own the real estate. We're now cash flowing it. We moved to the new house. And so we have more positive cash flow. And we also have more and more real estate that's also appreciating in theory, right? Most people are like, oh, you know, contingent to sell and they're going to buy a home that they can only afford if they sell their previous house. Well, in my opinion, unless you can buy it twice, you can't afford it. I've heard Jay-Z say that. I've heard all sorts of wealthy people say that. Unless you can buy two, you can't really afford it. So that's the strategy you should use. Don't live so outside your means that you have to sell your home to buy a new home and buy homes where they're in a marketplace where you can rent them and actually cash flow them. And so when you do choose to move to a new house, you keep your previous house, you cash flow it, you buy your new house. Now you have more income coming in. You have another real estate asset and you can slowly begin growing your real estate portfolio. That's one strategy. There's lots of ways to make money in real estate. Lots of really great people that I've, I know that are doing huge things in real estate. I mean, $500 million real estate portfolio stuff, crazy stuff. Um, so if you, if you need advice on real estate, you know, huge, really passionate about it, love to talk. If you know stuff, I'd love to chat with you anyway and learn from you because I'm learning again, just new taxes. You know, we talked a little bit about taxes. I learned from a, a friend of mine that, and again, I'm not a financial advisor, check with your financial advisor, but what I've, what I've heard is that fraud is only if you don't declare income, right? So everyone's worried about taking business expenses and all this stuff. As long as you declare income, there's no fraud. Now you might get challenged on some business expenses and maybe you got to pay a penalty or whatever, but there are many, many, many legal business expenses you can take. And there's nothing wrong with trying to legally take all of the business expenses that you can. Again, you know, you might get challenged on it or whatever, but it's not fraud unless you don't declare income. So that was something I learned recently that I didn't know previously. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just smart business. Businesses should always be looking for ways to be more efficient, to optimize. And for the longest time, I was just an ignoramus with regards to taxes. I did not realize the benefit of taxes and how, and, and it's, it's silly that I didn't, right? <laughs> I was just like, oh, everybody has to pay taxes. I, I took it for granted that everyone had to pay taxes. So why is everyone worried about it? I did not realize that there are so many incentives that the government builds into the tax code for people to go build real estate and own businesses and provide jobs for people. I didn't realize that's how it worked, right? So you should be smart and pay as little tax as possible. It's just putting money back in your pocket. And, you know, I've heard of people that, you know, they're either going to have to pay tax or they need to buy another private jet. So it's like, once you're, once you're making that much money, you know, there's, there's huge ways to avoid taxes through business expenses. And, you know, are you going to want to just throw that money away to our inefficient government? That's just going to blow it on 
things that don't add value to anybody or would you rather buy another jet <laughs> right like yeah you got to be able to afford the expenses on operating the jet and all that but it's just taxes you should avoid taxes at all costs any way you legally can that's just smart business all right a couple more things building a team start early again I, I began this with just start. So all these things, like you need to just start looking into these things. And one of the key things is starting to build a team. Building a team where you have a CPA, you've got a financial advisor, you got someone who you know in insurance. You know, these these might one one person might cover two of these roles. You know, you need a bit, if you're in business, business mentorship is huge. You need business mentor, having assistance having people that maybe clean your home. Maybe you think that's silly. I've met people that think it's, you know, why would I pay someone else to do that when I can do that? Well, you can be doing other things instead of spending time doing some of those cleaning things or mowing your yard. Now, if you like doing it, fine, that's great. But if you want to run a business and and I've thought about this a lot when I see successful companies, just, just operating the facility is a lot of work. And this is why I've heard, I've heard uh, people say, if you can't do the dishes, right, how can you expect to run a fortune 500 company? Right. And that's really true. I mean, if you, if you don't have an immaculately kept home, that's clean all the time, that is regularly well-kept, your laundry's put away, everything's in order. What makes you think if you start a business that your business is going to be any different than the way you run your home? And I'm a big believer you should run your home like a business, right? You're managing income and expenses and cash flows and investments in your family and all, all that stuff. I mean, it's a business. So treat it like one and build a team around you. And if you need to make your life easier, have some cleaning folks that come in and do your cleaning and do your laundry and, you know, drop off your dry cleaning and have your pool boy come do your pool and, and all that stuff. So you can focus on growing your business. And this is, this is just general, like philosophy. There's so many thoughts. And, and again, if you don't, if you're not making a lot of money, yeah, don't go spend five bucks on a cup of coffee. But for me, I've always been more focused on how do I get more income? Not how do I cut all my expenses? And yeah, there's expenses you can cut and and we've reassessed and said, Hey, you know, we don't really need that. Let's cut that out. But the focus should be on how do I get more and more and more and more income because saving five bucks on a cup of coffee isn't going to make the difference. I'm telling you, it's just not. Yeah, it could in theory, if you dedicate all that money to a dedicated investment that's proven to grow at 10% for the next 30 years, you know, there's there's all sorts of things like that, right? If you're actually doing something with that money. But for most people that are skipping out on a $5 cup of coffee, it's not going to, that's not going to be the difference between poverty and wealth. So live your life. If you want a cup of coffee and can afford it, go buy a cup of coffee, but make sure you can afford it. Make sure you have that in your budget. Make sure you're making enough income where not only are you getting that coffee, not only are you covering all your expenses, but you're also saving slash investing that money in things like whole life, things like real estate, things that are going to be assets that produce ongoing income. You have to do all of it. 
So that's, that's the mentality is you have to do it all. You can't just do part of it. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, I choose to get coffee, but I'm not going to do those things. It's like, no, you need to do all those things. So if you don't have enough money to start doing those things in the percentages that you land on, again, it, it could be whatever is works for you, but you need to be doing all the things. That's the key. And focus on the income. Yeah, cutting expenses is huge. You, you should be as efficient as you want there. If you want to give up things like coffee, fine. But to me, it's not going to, it's not going to make the difference. You need to focus on ways to get more assets that create income. Now, if, if giving up your coffee is going to get you there, okay, maybe that's something you want to do. But um, I'm a big believer you can have it all. And so I like to create and live the lifestyle I want while creating the lifestyle I aspire to at the same time. So if you can figure out a way to do that, great. You know, I'm trying that out. Would I get there faster maybe if I wasn't living a comfortable lifestyle now? Sure. Right. But then I wouldn't be enjoying myself as much now. So is it's a balance and some people are okay with that. And most actually most really, really successful business owners have done some of that, right? They've spent many years grinding and now they're super duper successful, right? So if that's what you want to do, go for it. I applaud you. I applaud you. I'm just sharing my mentality that, you know, there's other ways to, to think about it. Something I learned from a guy who actually did a lot of that grinding, Andy Frisella. He's got a, a podcast. It's pretty great and um, a lot of great insights. And um, he talks about the two most important skills. And I think... Many people probably don't realize this, and I didn't realize it, really. But I think he's right. Leadership and sales. Because at some point, you're going to peak out. Like if you're um, a finance person or an engineer or whatever, and you don't have leadership skills, and you can't sell, you're only going to you're gonna be an employee or whatever that gets to a certain point and makes so much money, and there's really nowhere else to go unless you have leadership skills, unless you can sell. And so those are the two skills I'm really focused on right now is how do I build leadership? How do I get better at selling? Cause that is not my strong suit at all. And they're huge. And every business owner, every successful executive or person needs to be able to do those things. They need to be able to lead effectively and be able to sell sell themselves, sell their business, sell their organization, sell their product, sell everything, right? Lastly, I just want to share a thought about wearing your heart on your sleeve. And this is a, a challenge I've had. For a long time, I've had walls up. And... Um, you know, I think it was kind of an image thing. Like, you know, I had to, I had to have a certain persona and I, I try to keep my life separate. Right? I try to keep my job life here and here's my personal life. Here's my family life. And I kind of realized that I wasn't congruent. I wasn't, I wasn't the same Phil in all those environments. And it really clicked for me when I met my wife and, and she made a comment to me after she got to know me better. And she was like, I never would have guessed you were like this. And, um, it kind of hit me. I was like, huh? It's like, does that mean I'm fake? Am I putting on a fake persona? 
And maybe so a little bit, I suppose, but I don't want to be fake. And it's, that's never what I've, I've wanted to be. Um, I think it, for me, it was a mentality of, Hey, I'm, I'm here for business, you know, business fill. And I'm here for church, church fill. And I'm here for baseball, baseball fill. But you got to figure out how you can be the same person in just about every environment. Because if you have walls up, people see that and they feel it and they won't trust you. They'll, they'll be cold to you. You won't be approachable. That's something I've really struggled with. And I've always gotten along well in environments with people, but that's something I I see in some people in my network now that, you know, they have their walls down, they wear their heart on the sleeve and they just go for it. And people follow them and trust them because they're fully just transparent. And, you know, it's something that you don't see a lot in, uh, in everyday circles, but something I'm working on, something I think I need to get better on better at is, you know, really just being vulnerable, wearing my heart on my sleeve and taking some of my walls down. So we're in uh, demolition mode of the Swanee walls and I had fun with this. I hope you did too. I hope you learned something again. A lot, I just threw a lot at you, but These are some things I wish I knew, some things I learned the hard way, as Brad Lee would say. And I hope you like this. Hope you got something out of it. Share it with somebody you think might get something out of it, especially young people maybe who wish they could start now and and are going to regret 10 years from now if they don't start some of these things. So give it a share. Go to goleadeverything.com and you can get direct access to my calendar if you want to book time with me. Just click click your button right on the front page and you can book some time with me we can chat i'd love to hear from you and uh, thanks for listening to gle i'll have a great rest of your day if you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more it has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at gle Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go leave.